Hey, welcome to So Fast, So Furious, the ultimate fast and furious podcast. Dominic Toretto lives his life a quarter mile at a time, so we're watching the Fast and Furious movies a quarter hour at a time. And we are here at the Arclight Hollywood filming, recording. Which one are we doing? Both, Both. sort of. We're doing recording. I don't see any cameras. It's filmic, damn it. It's cinematic, and that's all that matters. The theater of the mind. Fair enough. I'm Zach Bassetta, screenwriter and movie enthusiast. I'm Vito Lapicola, writer, producer, director, actor. I'm Anthony Ray Bench. I'm a uh, critic for Film Threat and also the co-host of the Film Threat podcast. And we also have with us a special guest today. We uh, Ben Bateman is with us today, co-host and co-creator of the Action Movie Anatomy podcast, one half of Team Action on Collider's Movie Trivia Schmodown, and creator of Nerds and Suits podcast. What's up, everybody? I'm Hi, really. Ben. Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, for bringing me in. I've uh, I love this movie, uh, The Fast and the Furious, as I like to call it Point Break too. I'm 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 thrilled <laughs> to talk about this movie today. Awesome. awesome. We're we're glad to have you here, man. You are you are an action movie expert, and you are our first guest that we wanted to have come in on the show. Uh, you kick total ass. Um, we love to hate you as one <laughs> half of of Team Action on the uh, movie trivia showdown. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into the uh, the movie. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, the Schmodown's been great. I've, I've sort of mastered the art of being a dick. Uh, you know, I, I play a character on there called Ben the Boss Bateman. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I own 27 companies, and, I, and I, that, I'm that guy. And uh, nice. not, not in real life. <laughs> Only as the character. <laughs> but I, I watch a lot of movies. I love movies. And, uh, yeah, I got into to action movies a few years ago when I, when I started Action Movie Anatomy. We've done... I think like 180 episodes now, and we've been viewed on, uh, on YouTube about 25 million times. So awesome. uh, wow. I've had a lot of conversations about a lot of action movies, and I have a lot of strong opinions. And this one, my favorite movie of all time is Point Break, the first Point Break from 91, not the remake. But that sure. doesn't have Tom Cruise in it. It doesn't, and I, you know that I love Cruise. So. Did anybody see the remake? I uh, specifically chose not to see the remake. I did Ooh, see the remake. Not. It's terrible. It's everything you'd think. Oh, yeah. Let's just uh, replace Patrick Swayze with Edgar Ramirez. That's a great idea, guys. Yeah, and, and surfing with hang gliding? They should have called a point broken. I know, right? Let's exactly. get the guy who's probably a Pointless. slightly worse actor than Charlie Hunnam and sounds just like him. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah. we're going to talk about a much better movie than the Point Break remake today. We're on a minute 45 to an hour this week. And uh, last time we, we had... Um, the showdown between Vince and um, Brian. Vince and Brian. Yeah. Yeah. There was Brian there was a little bit of a moment out. where uh, where we thought Vince uh, Vince thought he was going to get lucky with Mia, and then she rebuffed him and uh, yes. and 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 said, "Hey, why don't you take me out instead to Brian?" And now Vince has a hair up his ass. He sure does. A couple of them. And uh, so we open up with Hector. Remember Hector from the race? Of course. Driving up to Harry's Auto Shop. He parks his car and says to his crew, now that's valet parking, which it is not. It's not valet Hector, parking. Hector is not a very smart fellow He's not. In, this, in this movie. He's very indelible. Which we'll He's get to in a few moments. Guy, yeah. And so he goes inside. He sees Brian working there. Asks for a big order. He asks for three of everything. And when uh, Brian is charging him, he looks suspicious. Like he thinks maybe, these, maybe this is the, the hijacker. I don't know. And could, it, could it be a red herring? Could be. Could be. A misdirection, they call it. Hmm. Hector pulls out a big wad of cash to, cap- to pay for it, and the next night there's another car show. There's montages of everybody, uh, including Hector, and there's a part where he pretends to bash two girls' heads together. 
Like yeah, Hector's not a good man. I, I yeah, have to point something out. When yeah. he's when he's waving that money around in the thing, he's like, "Hey, have a look at this." Yeah. He holds up this huge wad of cash to Brian, and Brian's just like. Yeah, everybody who fucking comes in here has that kind of money. It's like, why is he so like flashy? Because he wants you know? people to know that he can pay for it, and he can pay for it to be done quickly. I right. also think it's funny that Hector's like. So this movie came out in two thousand one. This is, Hector is very much like a stereotype character. Mm-hmm. He looks and feels so much like the character he's supposed to be. Which he doesn't really have to do that much more than other. Totally. He basically has to like be walking in the front of a bunch of other dudes that look kind of like him, wear his shirt in a certain way, and yeah. say a couple things. You're like, I know exactly who this guy is. Right. Totally. Zero character development necessary for this guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like he was an extra from Homeboys R Us, or which some- was that casting agency, you know. And <laughs> they were like, we need a real. Real gang member to play this guy. They, they had just used him in, in Training Day in the scene in the bathtub, and then he came over to this movie and did this <laughs> exactly. one as well. So exactly. it would be David Ayer. David Ayer <laughs> uh, connection. There you go. Yeah, so they're at the, the Los Gatos Negro nightclub, which apparently was built specifically for the movie. And there's there's just this part, like, I don't, it's easy to miss, but they're doing, like, little montage shots of all the people there. And, like, there's a part where Hector is talking to two girls. He pretends to smash their heads together and goes, I'm just kidding. And I just thought that was a weird thing to include in his little clip. There must have Hashtag been. Hashtag me too, apparently, I know, right? right? Like, exactly. <laughs> poor girls. These poor girls are just like, I just wanted to come see a I race. I was just Hector. an extra. I just came to see a race, and you're going to smash my head together, you son of a bitch. Oh, so I was kidding, kidding, but I, he actually is the guy from Training Day. That's hilarious. He plays Moreno in Training Day. That's not even, I'm not kidding. I just that's, your, that's your brilliant subconscious action movie mind at work. Yeah, right likely there. cast directly because of his David performance. Ayer, yeah, and, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Or because Hollywood loves cliches, and they were like, "Who's that guy that played a gang member the last time? Get him." Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so what we have really going on here is across the street at Hector's garage, where we see Brian. Well, it's also like the first time I watched this, I didn't know whose garage he was breaking into because there's actually a sign that says Hector's Automotive, but you can barely see it. And so the first time I watched this, I didn't know whose garage Brian was illegally breaking into but it is Hector's and when he gets inside. Is that legal by the way? Can a cop legally break into something if he's looking well, for I don't it? Doesn't think he need? He needs a warrant but yeah, this, he this needs is a special circumstances. He needs, well in movies you can always do that kind of shit but exactly. in real life that guy would go to jail. So he's just yeah. as criminal as the uh yeah. As the person he's investigating. Right, right. Exactly. Tough cops that play by their own rules in movies get away with doing and they like pull out like a crumpled up warrant from their back pocket and that's all they need, right? Dude, exactly. there is a there is a line in Lethal Weapon 3 where one of the guys actually says, God damn it, Riggs and Murtaugh, you blew up an entire city block. I'll never hear the end of this. It's like, why are they not fired? That's like the classic action movie thing. Like, So that's like my, one of my favorite things is we're so evolved now as action movie fans. Mm. This is like the other guys with Will Ferrell and, and, and Mark Wahlberg. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies. And like that movie opens with The Rock and, uh, right. and Samuel Jackson. And they're totally those guys yeah. Yeah. where they're like, you know, like you, you leveled an entire city block to get a mere three pounds of marijuana. <laughs> He's like, oh, and Sam Jackson's like, oh, I'm the city of New York. Let's hear it. You know, everybody's like cheering. It's like the best thing ever. And like that, those cliches are like what make these things great. Even yeah. in retrospect, looking back at this movie, because it wasn't supposed to be as silly then. Yeah. It's kind of silly now because yeah. it's such an evolved genre. So right. the only place you will hear Paul Walker compared to Samuel Jackson is on this podcast. Yeah. So also notice that Brian pulls up in his red pickup truck so i guess he doesn't have another vehicle to drive yeah it's like yeah really stealthy there pal i, I know exactly i'll park right? right out front of hector's garage and <laughs> in break a bright into it red truck right so um brian climbs up to the roof breaks the window to get inside brian's checking the, the the cars in the garage specifically the tires because earlier 
Ted Levine informed us that there is a special tire being used by the hijackers. Pirellis, I believe. Was that what they were? I believe they were Pirellis, yeah. yeah. I thought it was like Mashimoto or something. Oh, it might have been Mashimoto's. I'm is that a thing? Is that a tire? I'm not a... Sure. No? You think we're car experts or something? We're fast and furious experts, problem. man. <laughs> None of us know yeah, anything not, about Yeah, we're not cars. car people. We, um, don't, we, don't, we don't make any bones about it. And Brian's about to move into another area of the garage when he's met with the butt end of a rifle being held by Vince. That son of a bitch. That what a comeuppance right there. What a twist that was. I know, right? Dun, dun, dun. But Vince, was he following him? What's going on? Well, that's what I didn't understand. Is So, co- so he drags an unconscious Brian out back where Dom is waiting for them. And Vince voices his suspicions about Brian being a cop, which he had brought up earlier before. Yeah, he's convinced he's a cop, and you're like, how did they get in? Why didn't Brian see him? Why didn't Hector see them? Like, right. How did they follow him in this room well, without you, him you knowing? you said that he had been, they had been following him. I think which they I, followed it, him. It must have been. Yeah. He's pissed about the date is what's going on, and he's like, right. I know this dude's a cop. Well, so that's why he's following maybe him. Maybe Dom was kind of lulling Brian into a false sense of security to kind of, you know... Like, oh, yeah, we're, we're cool, you know, come to a, like, they went to the barbecue, right? Right. He did. Yeah. He, Vin, yeah, Brian got invited to the barbecue. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to tail you, you know, kind of give you that, you know, like, you're cool. Well, we can't we can assume that maybe Vince has been egging him on about this whole Brian is a cop thing. Mm. Because he, I was going to ask you guys, so, like, Dom is, like, a, like a genius in this series. Like, he's, yeah. like, he's just, like, the best. The best of the best right. can drive anything. Has there ever been a more uh, curious casting of a character that's supposed to be a genius than Vin Diesel <laughs> as Dominic Toretto. Like, we take it for granted now, yes. obviously. I, I, I know this one. It was, um, what's her name? Denise Richards in the James oh, Bond movie. Oh, sure, yeah, sure. where she's a nuclear physicist. Yeah. You know that she's smart because she's wearing glasses. <laughs> that's right. right. Yeah, they were like, wear this white T-shirt and swim, and you'll look really smart. Um, no, no, uh, it's just like so funny. I, I, I like I've met Vin Diesel now several times. He's like a great guy, super nice. One of my employers is best friends with him, and so at this point, he's like a legend in the action movie world, right? Sure, sure. But back at this time in 2001, when he'd been on the scene for just a few years, I don't know where the casting is. Like this guy is a criminal mastermind who can do anything. He just like he opens his mouth, and you're like. You sound dumb, bro. Sorry. <laughs> like that. You sound no, but he dumb. fits the character, I feel like. Cause, like he somehow a, works perfect. in that part. Yeah. Yeah, because he'd only done Saving Private Ryan before this, right? So, I uh, mean, he Yeah, a few things legit, like Strays, like, had, SPR, like a few movies. But, yeah, yeah. like this was this was definitely his his breakout starring role. Mm-hmm. So weird. Yeah. And, and I also noticed that Vince, he accused... What's, he mentions Brian being a cop, but he never accuses him of being a cop, which I just find interesting because, like, he's holding on to this idea that he has really no confirmation on. We yeah. know he's right, but he is still trying to convince Dom and maybe himself. But uh, Dom asked Brian to explain himself. Brian says he was there because of the race wars, which I still can't get over that they call this thing the race wars. Right. If only they'd known what 2018 was <laughs> know, going exactly, to bring, right? they wouldn't <laughs> have called it race a wars. A little prescient. Um, but... Brian wanted to see what Hector was working with, especially after he came in to the shop wanting to buy all this high-end equipment. And so Brian spins it that he's really just this racer that doesn't want to lose again yeah, because like, he can't afford. He's like, I'm checking out the competition, man. Exactly. You want your car, right? Your 10-second car? Your 10-second car, yeah. exactly. Um, and so I also put down here that it doesn't explain what Dom and Vince are doing there, but I guess they followed they him. Must they must have followed to him. Have. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I do think one really interesting difference, you know, I joked about it a little bit, but obviously the Point Break similarities is that, like, it seems like Bodie in Point Break was, like, the whole time sort of, like, 
is Johnny a cop? And then he finds out, and he's like, rock and roll, man. We only live to get radical. Like, they're adrenaline junkies. So you're like, <laughs> right, right. So you're like, okay. He's kind of like, now that I know you're a cop, I still, this is crazy. Let's skydive. Whereas, like, Dom, you're like, he finds out you're a cop, he's going to beat you to death. Like, right, that's, right. Like, that's how this That is true. It's a, it's a very different character dynamic between these two. Just, I do, oh, go sorry. Go I do have to ask. You've seen both of these movies so many times. Point Break's your favorite movie. Yeah. Does this follow structurally the same exact storyline? Did they just take each scene and rewrite it for Fast and the Furious? Pretty much. I mean, like I, I mentioned this before we went live, but uh, Rob Cohen, the director of this movie, I interviewed six months ago for his new film, uh, Hurricane Heist, and I actually asked him that. Like, you know, is this movie similar? Like, people joke about it. And he just looked at me in the face and cut me off and says, we ripped it off. 100%. We just made it with cars. We just absolutely ripped it off. Like, there was, like, zero hesitance. Like, he knew That's they were amazing. just making the same movie. So. Yeah. It would have been great if, like, they used the exact same dialogue. Oh, yeah. Even though they're, you know... I'm an FBI agent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it is, it is funny because we've been calling Paul Walker the blonde Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's literally, literally like they yeah. were like, who can we get that's not Keanu Reeves? Who's Keanu Reeves? Let's get this kid. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it def- definitely, I think it does follow almost all of the same beats. Almost. It's that's just amazing. The, the thing this movie doesn't have, in my opinion, that Point Break has, is that I believe uh, Patrick Swayze as Bodhi is the most, like, magnetic charismatic version of him that's ever existed and in his For prime sure. he was better like, than roadhouse yeah like in his prime swayze was a guy in that role we're watching and we were like you're like the you were like the movie star you're like because he's people sexiest man alive i think that year or the year before it just makes sense whereas this movie i, I like everybody in it but nobody in it is like peak their version of themselves for sure they all had like right. better peaks i think you know right it did feel like yeah like this is kind of everyone's beginning in a way as far as actors you know like we just said like uh, Dom, Dom, uh, Vin He's Diesel. Dom now. Vin Diesel hadn't been in a lot of stuff yet. Yeah. Paul Walker had been, but I mean he wasn't known. I think he'd done like this was like his star. This was before. a star making yeah turn. Yeah, I believe, he had right? done he had done like uh, like what like Varsity Blues. He's in right he's in Varsity Blues. Oh, that's right. He's in Varsity Blues, oh and he had God, done right. he had done the Skulls. I think the year before, yeah. and he had done like. You're right. The Tammy Skulls the came T-Rex. out before this because he said that he talked to him on Skulls, and yeah, that was why exactly. he offered him. He wrote the part for Brian. I mean, now we're calling him their. I know. We're I've been so calling into this, Vin we're Diesel calling them their characters. All, yeah. He wrote the part for Paul Walker, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so when I mentioned this interview with Rob, I, I got to hang out with him for an hour. So I talked to him for, awesome. about most of this movie, and the things that we asked the most about were the casting. So he talked about having worked with Paul Walker on the Skulls, and he talks about – he actually teared up when he was telling me this uh, – looking at Paul Walker in the face and saying, look, kid, I'm going to make you a star. He like, before this movie. And that was the casting that he knew after the Skulls. Like, there's something about this kid that I think I can work with. Uh, and he offered him this. And I think he said, like, he saw him, was it Bali, I think is what he, the sort of story he told me? He saw him yeah, on the beach of Bali. they ran into each other, right. They ran into each other and they had dinner. And he was like, I want to do this movie. And, he, and Paul was like, do I get to drive a fast car? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I'm Do you? And that do was I get it. to be furious? Yeah, that was literally, yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Dom outright asks Brian if he's a cop. Brian shakes his head but never verbally denies it, which I think is because int- they go s- so far to make sure that these characters' integrity is never, you know, mm-hmm. Dom never kills a guy other than the part we'll get to. You know, Brian never really lies, which I just think is, you know, it's interesting. He's a Boy Scout. He's a Boy Scout. Yeah. Dom wants to go for a ride which means driving to another garage and they go to the a garage that's right by that Asian restaurant where they got attacked by Johnny Tran earlier so we can assume it's Johnny Tran's uh, garage and Jesse is driving Vince, Dom, and Brian and Jesse goes off to stand watch while Dom, Brian, and Vince sneak inside 
they discover that the cars inside are missing engines. And there's this line that Vin Diesel has that actually made me laugh where he says, what are they planning on racing with, hopes and dreams? I just, I don't know. That's I'm a David you. Ayer line Vin if I ever great. heard one. Vin is yeah. great. As this dumb character. By the way, I do, I do want to point something out that I think is important is in the previous scene where they, where they catch Brian in the warehouse and they're like, we're going to go for a ride. This is Dom where... He he eventually in the series becomes almost like a like a super spy. He becomes more suave. Totally. This is him at his most dangerous. This is a man who's like, if you fucking lie to me right now, I'm gonna shoot you in the face. Well, yeah, right. Vince is gonna shoot you in the face. Like this or is a vastly yeah. This is a vastly different character than what we eventually get throughout the series. So this is like you could tell they didn't have sequels planned for this movie. Totally. And and I, I think it has less to do with being caught and more about you're disrespecting me by lying. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all about family. Yeah. And, right. you've, and I've, I've welcomed you into my family, mm-hmm. so you can't disrespect my family. Yeah. Totally. And yeah. you're saying grace at Thanksgiving. <laughs> and Brian also in the garage notices some new DVD player boxes. Right. Uh-oh. Because obviously those were part of the... Even though I'm telling you, at the beginning of the movie, they're VCRs. <laughs> they're clearly VCRs. <laughs> Um, and Dom gets a notification from Jesse that Johnny Tran and his gang are headed their way. And I know. They, I love. I love how he's like, "Oh shit, they're on their way," and they're they're already <laughs> they're walking there. into. It's like what the, he's the worst lookout in movie history. Totally. Like, like, they like literally, they, have you can time hear to hide. motorcycles coming for blocks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You hear them coming. And then he's like, yo, you guys better get out of there. They're walking in the door. <laughs> and and then, so they have to like hide behind a well, car. Well, Jesse mentions it's having so ADD. Lame. I'm pretty sure he's a meth head. He is on, he's taking he's on something. something. That makes way more sense. Right? Yeah, right. the way he looks, it's LA. It's like totally, yeah. he's twitchy. Right. There's something going on there. His name, his character could have just been named Twitch, and we all would have bought in. It Which wouldn't have been a surprise at all. In, uh, wasn't his name Twitch in... Um, Oh, maybe that's Matrix? why I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's the same guy, but oh, he's, he he's the same enough. character. Yeah, he's he's like the stock where they were like, we need that guy, and they right, got right. they got the stock twitchy. You know, there was like a pool of characters and actors they pulled for like this and gone in sixty seconds. Right. Like they got right. half and they got the other half. Yeah, it could have been. He could have been. He could have been in either movie. It's like right. clearly. Get Definitely like Justin Chatwin. Yeah, Justin Chatwin's twelve years old. All oh, right, let's get another. Can, drink. You guys, can you guys imagine if they would have switched the actors out? Like Gone in sixty seconds had Vin Diesel and Nick Cage was. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Oh my god! No, yeah. it would have no, been such you. a different been. thing. So, like, this is something interesting. Sorry, I'm just gonna tangent for like a quick second here. Do. Something we talk about a lot on, on my show is uh, action movie actors. Um, who has the greatest five year run in the history of? Like the iconic ones, not like crappy, like, got, you know. Stallone? Well, so you have to think about in a five-year run, what do you accomplish? And my argument for the longest time has been that Cage, uh, from 95 to 2000, has the greatest run of all time. Interesting. Because he, he, does, he does Leaving Las Vegas in 95, he wins the Oscar, right? Then in the next 13 months, this is, this is a real thing, in 13 months, Face Off, Con Air, and The Rock all hit theaters. Two of them were in theaters at the same time. Wow. He then follows that up by working with, he, he does a Brian De Palma movie, he does Snake Eyes, he does 8mm, he does Scorsese's Bringing Out the Dead, he does Gone in 60 Seconds, uh, and I think I'm maybe even forgetting one, but it's like one of those things where you're like, those three, Gone in 60 Seconds and wins an Oscar, come at that's me, bro. That's solid. That's, that's pretty solid. Who's got a better, like, nobody can beat that. Like, P. Cage, people forget how good P. Cage actually Cage was. Cage is amazing. Yes. I am not a Michael Bay fan, but I'll give him The Rock. The Rock the is one of the great. It's like one of the greatest of all time. For it's, sure, it has my single favorite action movie villain ever, General Brigadier Francis X. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Losers, uh, go home. 
Or <laughs> what is it? Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Carla, what's the prom queen? <laughs> Such yeah. a great line. What in the name of Zeus's butthole? That's all. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so so Johnny Tram pulls up with uh, the bikes, and they actually have, like, sponsorships on them. Did you notice this? Like, I didn't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. That's bizarre. If you're a villain, you got to have sponsorship. There's, like, brand names you know on the I mean? door, which I thought was The pretty boy, the pretty boy bad guy Asians in this movie are fantastic. They're oh, just yeah. like, oh, and, like, I don't think we got there yet, but there's, like, definitely a scene in this movie where one of them was wearing, like, some sort of, like, snakeskin leather pants oh, yeah, or something. Oh, yeah, his cousin Lance oh, is a snakeskin pants. It's, it's really good. <laughs> That's how it's you great. know they're villains is yeah, their clothing. That's I always used to joke about that, like, when you watch, like, a 70s show, like Kojak or whatever, you could tell the yeah, villain because right. he's the guy with a pockmarked face. <laughs> and and the, the outlandish clothing. It's like right. all you'd have to do in the 70s if you were a cop is just arrest the well-dressed guy with, like, the snakeskin jacket. Yeah, if he's oh, wearing yeah. a boa, he's a right. bad guy. He's, he's a villain. Yeah. Easiest job ever in the 70s. Uh, so there's some guy named Ted with Johnny, and he starts to interrogate Ted about the missing engine, saying they'd go for a pretty high price this close to race wars. Uh, this Ted guy doesn't admit to stealing the engines, so Johnny holds him down and pours motor oil into his mouth until Ted comes clean about stealing the engines. By the way, yeah, I do have to point something out here. This we're presuming this is the middle of the night. Okay, sure. it's it's probably after midnight. You one would safely assume. Okay, why are these guys riding around with the the guy's like a mechanic? He's wearing his mechanic shirt. Uh-huh. Like, he just got off of work. Like, they've been driving around with him for hours. Uh-huh. And, like, why are they bringing him there at midnight to confront him? Like, go get him during regular what business What better hours. time than right now to like, get to the bottom of these missing I mean, it's like, it's, it's like, we were talking last time about how the villains, like, how, how Johnny Tran and those guys drive away. And then the two of them come back. That's, like, orchestrated. And they shoot the car. Yeah, yeah. It's like they planned it. They're like, hey, let's leave. And then wait, like, five. We'll count five. <laughs> and we'll go back. And we'll shoot the car up. It'll be really fucking cool. Right. And it's like, do they, are they, like... Let's wait till like two in the morning, and then we're gonna go get Joe, and bring him in and fucking beat the shit out because it's more dramatic. I think because it coincided with Brian breaking into Hector's garage for the script to right have exactly this scene. yeah because it's so convenient. Yeah, you know, right, it's like right. there's so many warehouses being broken into in this 15. Minutes. Well, my question is, this guy Ted the fence. I mean, like. They had to know, like, how many other people would have had the opportunity to steal the engines? I just right. think it's, like, a terrible crime. Right. He was going to get caught. And, and like, why on earth, if, you're, if you have criminals, there's, like, ten guys with guns and knives. And they're right. like, did you take the engines? He's like, no. It's like the CSI thing where, like, <laughs> like if you got arrested in real life, you wouldn't talk like a person on CSI. Right. They're always like, oh, yeah? Well, what's it to you, copper? <laughs> and it's like, who talks like that? In movies, this guy is a smartass, and he gets a mouthful of oil for it. That's right. That's All right. Because right? it's it demands it in the script. It looks really uncomfortable. I have to say the oh, oil, the oil in the in the mouth. I remember there's a scene in Three oh, yeah. Kings where something similar happens, where like somebody's made to drink oil. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember as a kid seeing that, that in I theaters. Recall. I haven't seen it since theaters, and like like probably when it came out, in like '98 or whatever. But mm-hmm. I remember 20 years ago, thinking like, oh, that's gross, and this reminds me. I wonder me of what that, they so. use for that. I mean, obviously you can't use real oil for a scene like that. It's maybe. It's like coconut oil or something with like probably some sort of syrup or something. or something. Yeah. Apparently, they really had to cut this scene down for the PG-13 rating, which I th- I think the the fact that this movie was PG-13 is so important because if, if this had had an R rating, it wouldn't have done as well because it wouldn't have had that kid, 
you know, yeah, the thirteen-year-olds wouldn't have been able to come and be like, "I want right. to race like Vin Diesel." There was also a moment when I was watching this where he's he's uh, pouring the oil in his mouth and he's on the ground and he's like, "Kiss my shoes." And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, so I'm trying to remember what happens here. I was like, does he does he shoot him in front of Brian and then Brian has to make the moral decision of whether or not to like arrest these guys or stick with the case? And I was like, I'm glad that he doesn't shoot him because it would have been so unbelievable if he had witnessed a murder to just like totally. not. And I was like, that's a good decision, guys. I'm glad you did that. Yeah, for right. sure. Yeah. Uh, so, well, Johnny, yeah, John, Johnny tells Ted to kiss his shoes and kicks him in the face. So we still get that uh, Johnny's an asshole. Right. And uh, back at the real world FBI house, uh, Bilkin says he's meeting with his superior soon and he needs something new to tell him. He wants to move on Tran now and figure everything out after. But Brian, despite being the relative rookie, is the one that has the cool head. Like Right. Well, what is, what is Bilkin going to get out of this if he goes and gets Johnny Tran? I don't a, know. it's going to expose that, that Brian is a cop. Right. B, they're not going to get... They, they may not, not get, get the, hitch- the correct the hijackers. So they're showing in this, like in Die Hard, the FBI in movie. FBI is always like dipshits in, in action films. <laughs> right. And like the cops are like, we're on the street, man. We get it. You don't, you know? Right. Brian's the one telling them like, no, let's wait. Let's see what happens. Are you buying Brian at all? Are you, are you coming across on uh, Brian or are you still not? Well, in what way? I mean, do you like him? I, I mean, he's fine. Like, he's... <laughs> Not at all my favorite character. Who's your favorite character? Well, Dom. Dom. So you like Dom better than Brian? Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. I just want to know where you're at at this point in the movie. Oh, because you're brand new. You told me you're brand new to this. And he's the newbie. Yeah. Yeah. Maiden Voyage. That's exciting. That's exciting. (laughs) Well, I I did see the latest one, Fate of the Furious. Okay. I did see that one. I had no idea what was going on. I got so drunk watching that movie in the theater that um, that's the I, way to do it. I think some somewhere in the last forty minutes, I like started nodding in and out, and then afterwards, my girlfriend was like, "What did you think about what happened?" And I was like, uh, "Do you think you mean the the thing with the the ice and the I like said some <laughs> random things?" She was like, "That's about what happened." And I was like, "Fair enough." It's like, just like so no idea explosions and like it just like I don't know. Yeah. Eight is ridiculous, absurd, yeah. like to a point that. I don't think any of the other movies quite hit, but we'll, we'll get there. Have yeah, you yeah. guys, have you guys all like on record now, like you know, since you've started doing this, expressed which is your favorite going into this rewatch? Do you That's have interesting? You... I always liked four. I know five is kind of the traditional favorite. Five's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's strange because most people's is five, and I think five is like the masterpiece of the series. But for the weird thing, I'm a huge Japanophile, so for me, I love Tokyo Drift for weird sure. reasons. It's not a great movie, but I I enjoy it for what it sure. is. And I think out of the entire series, a character we're going to meet later, which is Han, is probably my favorite character. So I have an, uh, there, there's like an endearment that I have for it, even though it's not a great movie. Well, you guys like definitely have the virtue of the of the of the half one, half two. It's like the it's like the Luke Hobbs versus no Luke Hobbs and like that's like, the whole series to me. So like it'll be exciting once you get to the second half. But anyway, that, sure. yeah. we we digress. So well we're still in the FBI house. Tanner tells Brian to tell him about Hector. Uh if for some unknown reason, one of the other detectives, uh, Muse, I believe his, his name is, says, oh, Latinos with spear guns, give me a break, and throws a toothpick like he's pissed. And I didn't understand. Like, I often throw a, throw a toothpick. Oh, I mean, this you guy's You flick brain. it. You're supposed to flick it. Does this guy not know anything? Well, it, it took me a minute, but he's obviously referring to the, the, the harpoons at the beginning of the movie. Right, Or as right. I like to call them, carpoons. <laughs> That's horrible. But A, why would Latinos... 
why would Latinos be any less likely to use those things? And B, why is he so pissed about he's, it? He's well, he's clearly racist. Yeah, clearly. And it's clearly a commentary on Los Angeles Police Department Could be. and its racist policies. Well, I I was going to say, I, I think of all of the things in this 15 minute, this quarter mile that we watched, <laughs> um, the thing that was the most, the thing that was the most like, this is like sweet, classic, bad action movie stuff is definitely this cop scene. Yeah. It's definitely the scene where you're like, where you're just like stock line, stock line, <laughs> yep, stock yep. line, stock line, everything about it. Like almost like, copy and paste. Uh, everything about it. Like, yeah. you know, you, like you talked about, you know, you know, like how the FBI versus the cops in these movies right, and how right. that kind of thing happens. Like, why are they even working together at this point? You know, like, let's go like six years earlier, you know, you have Heat, which is one of the, the, the all-time classic film masterpieces. You and I watched the anniversary with Michael Mann recently together. Oh, yeah, it was That amazing. theater in L.A. But, yes. uh, you know, like like Pacino has that moment where they're like, let's, let's bust him for this break-in. And Pacino's like, what? And he gets kicked down or something. Bullshit misdemeanor charge or whatever like that yeah. you know you're like okay so he knows what's up and this guy's an idiot like that interaction <laughs> happens in cop movies all the time and this scene with these guys it's like this moron who's like you're into the little sister and like the whole scene is just like nothing about this is unique everything about this yeah. is just like copy and paste as you said and right. the best part is that like <laughs> yeah, like Ted Tedley's like, don't give him a cigarette or whatever. And you're yeah, just he like, goes, he goes, hey guys, can I get a cigarette? And they go, I thought you stopped smoking. And he's like, I'm it's edgy, like, I'm stressed. Give yeah. me a cigarette, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, and this, yeah, for some weird reason, like we were talking about that before we we recorded. It's like, why would he be so intent on not letting him smoke? Yeah. It's, it's like this weird father figure thing where he's like, no, don't give him a cigarette. Totally. I think that, like, yeah, like Tanner like knows that he's quit smoking and doesn't want Brian to regress, even though he's like in this stressful What's situation. What's next? Heroin because suddenly you're sucking cock on Hollywood Boulevard. It's also funny, like uh, again, like just like another parallel. Ted Levine is actually in Heat. He's one of the cops. Oh, really? yeah, Ted in Levine Heat. is like we were talking about that uh, in a previous episode of how he's the go-to great cop in well, movies. But here's the funny part: is I forgot that he was in this movie. So recently, you mentioned the Schmodown, and it's a trivia show. Mm-hmm. And recently, in a in a in a pretty heated match, it came down to the last question of the match, and me and my partner were asked the question: uh, in in uh, what Paul Walker film does Ted Levine play? the like blah 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 you know police commander or whatever and it was like a five pointer it was like to end the match you know we're looking at each other and it's like well it's it's probably Fast and the Furious it could be too fast too furious but like what if it's like some stupid movie like Running Scared or like some other garbage movie <laughs> totally. by the way Brit that's Mansions. not a bad movie yeah. I like that movie but like but the, anyway the, but like we were just, and so we you know we end up guessing Fast and the Furious and we get the question we win the match but like I was like I did not remember that Ted Levine had this role whatsoever like it had been a long who time who plays the Ted Levine character in Too Fast Too Furious uh, Jeremy Renner? No. Ted uh, Levine? No. <laughs> uh, Sean Bean? I don't know. <laughs> James Remar. Oh, there you oh, go. Wow. That makes oh, sense. that's what I meant, Jeremy. James Yeah, because yeah. two is the one I still have never seen, so that's going to be my newbie movie. Seen too Fast, Too Furious, which you're in yeah. for a treat. Correct I love I'm, James Correct me if I'm wrong, James Remar plays Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. He replaces no, Raiden. No, but he should. He plays Raiden. That's, he plays that, Raiden. that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, that's such an odd league. casting yeah. in those movies. Like, it was like they were just like, find me people who've played thugs in the past. Can you guys just do an episode on Mortal Kombat at some point in this? Oh, my sure. God. I sure. would love to. Because the first so Mortal Kombat. The, yo, the second one. Are you kidding me? I mean, Annihilation is actually almost too hard to watch to do a show on. But the first one has just some. I forgot. We are fighting for the fate of the world. Like, that movie's an unbelievable. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> was, so that, was that supposed to be Christopher Lambert? That was, no, that was Luke Just Kang. like the worst. So uh, Brian mentions that uh, the tires on Hector's car do not match. Uh, asked for a cigarette, um, and instead, uh, Ted Levine asked them to tell him about Toretto. 
Brian doesn't think Dom is involved because he seems like a cool dude, and he's too controlled to pull off uh, the hijackings. Vince, maybe, but he's too dumb. Uh, then Muse, the, the LAPD or FBI guy, I don't know which, brings up Mia, saying that she's blurring Brian's vision. Then we hear him say, I'd get off to her surveillance photos, too. But it's clearly an ADR line. And what he actually says, if you watch his lips, is oh, interesting. Uh, I'd beat off. To Ooh. her surveillance camera. That's Ooh, why it's a PG-13. Is is saying beat off an R rating? I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe they're, back they're, then. The, well, the, so. No, the MPAA does have really weird standards because you can only say fuck once. If you say it more than once, it's R rated, but you yeah. can say it once at a PG-13. That guy, if he had so actually like, said that line, it's like a really gross line. So I guess I get is. why they would change it. Beat off is a little more crude. <laughs> right, for right. For sure. But it still implies that Brian maybe has... It's entirely possible. I mean, I think it's a fair... He's totally under surveillance. He's been <laughs> masturbating to photos of Mia, and the FBI's been three watching weeks. it. Right. And paying him for it. Yeah. That's right. right. Exactly. She's, like, shockingly young in this movie. I, like... It's just funny. I, like, I've never, I've never interviewed or met Jordana Brewster before, but I, something I have noticed is that when she's shown up and stuff in the last, like, five to ten years, like, when she came back to the series, there's, like, this look about her face where it looks like... I can't quite... It looks like her skin around her mouth or nose has been stretched. Skeletor-like? I don't know. Like, I, I really I have no idea. And, like, she... But when you watch this one, she looks so young. Her mm-hmm. face, all her whole skin, it all looks so soft. She looks yeah. like a kid. And I looked up, she's, like, 20 when this movie came out. Yeah. She's 20 years old. Yeah. And I think, I think crazy. Paul Walker was actually 23, maybe? No, wait. Well, his character is 23. I'm not sure right. how old his actual... a little older, yeah. But maybe? Yeah. That, and that means he really is a rookie cop. I mean, that's like... I get Paul Walker and straight Brian out of the academy. Stuff. I'm not sure. But, it's you know, <laughs> uh, this this might be the case, but um, apparently Jordana Brewster is like a super heavy smoker. Oh, uh, that, so would, that would make probably, sense. Probably, you know, there you it, go. Affects, it affects the mouth, unfortunately. Well, uh, Tanner pulls out pictures of the guy that Dom beat up and went to jail for, reminding Brian what Dom is capable of. Brian tells Tanner and Bilkins that he needs a few more days to uh, fix some things before they, I don't know, go after yeah. whoever they think they're yeah, going to like, go after. Right, well, because remember, Bilkins is like, we don't have time. Which makes like, no for sense. for some reason. Yeah, he's exactly. like, we don't have time. We have this huge house with, like, an unlimited budget, but we don't Because have the truck drivers time. are going to take matters into their own hands. Right, and that's right. what they don't want Nobody wants a truck driver with a pistol. If you were like, hey, Tanner and Bilkins, what are they? I'd be like, dickhead bosses in a movie. That's, like, for literally sure. names that just, like, that's what they are. There's right. no question. FBI right. dick, LAPD dick. Yeah, totally. Right. Uh, later on at Dom's garage, everyone's working on cars. Dom and Brian are working on one together, and Dom mentions Brian and Mia's big date. And if you want an example of what I mean when, when Paul Walker has like this blank expression on his face, this scene is a perfect example. I love Paul Walker. I think he's great in this role, but you have to admit he's a little bland here and there. He's always smiling, too, which is here strange. And there. <laughs> No, that, that is that is something that's really weird. Is I wanted to point out too earlier when Hector was giving him shit at the uh, the he's job. He's got this goofy smile. He's on got his this face. goofy smile on his face. You're almost like, oh, he's a little special. Yeah, maybe he is. Maybe he's a little off, or he's on the his character's he's on, on the, the on the spectrum. You know what I mean? Because he's just goofily smiling as they're giving him. Yeah. Well, the dude's like, yo, you white boys can look shit up fast, and he's like, you white boys work fast, don't they? Which I've never heard that expression. Smiling like, yeah, like he's just had some sweets. And yeah. uh, Grandma's patted him on the head, and he's, you know, laying in bed like a, I don't know, it's very weird. Uh, Dom warns uh, Brian not to hurt Mia with threats of physical violence. Brian he, he res- says, if you break her heart. I'll break your neck. I'll break your neck. Brian says that's not going to happen. 
And perhaps because of Brian's response, Dom suddenly decides to show him a car he's stashed away in his own small garage at home that he built with his dad. Uh, his dad, I guess, raced with it. And it's a, it's a very important car to the series, Anthony. I, you'll find out later. Uh, and the car is super and, fast, and but also, Dom's never driven it. The moment where we learn the most about Dom, prob- yes, this probably scene is in all of these movies. Yes. Yeah. This is sort of a linchpin scene. Right. The scene with uh, the, the line that uh, this podcast is modeled after. That's right. And the ultimate bond experience, I think, with, with uh, Brian and Dom is right here. Um, so he says, uh, Dom says that he built this car with his dad. Uh, Dom's dad was, was racing it. Uh, he, he, was, yeah, he was a stock car racer. He was going, he's about to get into yeah. the pro stock car circuit. Right. He was on the last race of the season and was clipped by another driver, which sent Dom's dad's car into the wall. Kills 120 him. miles an hour. 120 miles an hour, straight into the wall. Which, I, I'm not saying this to be flippant and it's going to sound like it, but I mean, that's, that's dangerously close to like the way that that he went in real life and he's Paul listening Walker, you mean? yeah he's listening to this story about this guy who crashes into something and burns alive and i just realized how horribly prophetic that scene is it's probably when i was rewatching it was probably the most like i i flipped out of like i'm watching this cuz this is a fun stupid movie to like holy like what like i i remember when this happened i remember thinking at the time paul walker was was pretty young it was a it was obviously incredibly tragic and but the fact that the story he even tells that he burned alive in a crashed car and yeah, that's, that's that's weird, right? It's crazy. It, like, yeah. I, not enough has been made about this moment in this movie and when, it, when his actual fate because for sure that's 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 downright eerie. Yeah, yeah, it's horrific to think about. You it know is. what I mean? And and the way that Vin Diesel is almost like channeling the future because yeah. he, he gets teary eyed and he's like, "They said I could hear his scr- or I could hear him screaming, but they told me it was me who was doing the screaming." I think Vin is actually again. Like, I mentioned this before. He's so great in the scene. He's, like it's he's, subtle. He's a, he's I mean, like it's not. Actor, he's not man. going over the top or anything. But I feel like he delivers this in a totally believable way. Yeah. Um, yeah. A big part of why I like him the most is because he does throttle the whole idea of being a meathead and mm-hmm. having something deeper like having that code of respect having that you know that appreci- as, as as yeah every bad boy has a soft side is that <laughs> that 80s collection says on the commercial remember well it's like in that sense it's like in that sense like when i talked about sort of how curious of a casting it is that he is this character by that same standard he gets to sort of like step outside of that meathead role and have yeah. this moment in a much more surprising way than you traditionally get in this, in this type of leading man role like mm-hmm. usually when it happens it's very like okay I kind of know how this is going to feel and when he does it in this scene it's like oh this is like something new I didn't expect this like yeah. it doesn't it feels, it feels kind of unnatural but in a good way absolutely and I think it's a great example like just of what they're of a deeper level to Fast and Furious yeah. than people might initially think um, so a week later, after the, the, the crash, Dom sees the driver and uh, beats him up with a torque wrench, essentially. He's so take, overtaken with emotion by, by what happened. And uh, I mean, and to be fair, the man did inadvertently kill his father. Right. And that's what's so great about it is that yeah. it's a total, totally believable motivation. And I mean, like, obviously it's something that shouldn't happen, but I mean, you can relate to somebody going over the top with something so emotional. Yeah. And and it's ironic throughout the series he does use a wrench when he fights people. Yeah, exactly. Which Just is go which to. is almost like brutally weird and strange that they were like we got to remember that he likes to beat people with wrenches. Yeah, 
when he fights Statham later in the series, he uses a wrench. Yeah, he uses a lot of wrenches. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Sure. Yes. Did he beat this man within a quarter inch of his life? Hey, oh. oh, God. <laughs> he did, yes. Because he did. now he's a janitor at a high school. <laughs> this man has is, is, is been relegated to janitor status and, and can't even drive. He has to take a bus to school. Yeah, which he's is, a quarter of a man he used to be. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's horrible. That's which right. is, I think, one of, like, that to me is, like, one of the most interesting moments because he says like he's a janitor now and you're like oh this guy he's like lives a normal life he doesn't get to drive fast cars anymore and you're like wait and they feed him with a sippy cup and a and you're like bib. you're like dom's kind of a bad dude that sucks why'd you he's like it's not like he tried to kill your daddy like clipped him inside racing yeah, yeah. you like Wasn't beat him his fault yeah you know it's like he's dangerous this guy's dangerous yeah yeah and uh it's here that dom says he lives his life a quarter mile at a time because during those 10 seconds he's free and mm. like I said, even though that scene earlier, it's the race took line. five minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's condensed to 10 seconds. Right. Um, and Dom and Brian are bonding so hard. I, I have another question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this quarter mile at a timeline, um, is it like the, like the may the force be with you with Star Wars? Does it come I'd up? I'd say like, so. Not necessarily, movie? but I do think it's a famous line and it, 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 it captures encapsulates yeah whatever word I'm trying to say the mentality of you know the characters in mm-hmm. the film no, no, I, I definitely you know believe it it's it's memorable I mean I never saw the movie before and I knew the line or at least yeah, you know, sure. kind of paraphrasing it mm-hmm. um, but I'm wondering like does it come up like in other movies like is it kind of a repetitive well, the, the like racing tagline? eventually um, starts becoming like a, almost like a sidebar and yeah. they start getting more into like secret agent territory. Like, the and second weird half stuff of the like series that, so. is like a heist series. It, it mm. becomes yeah, it becomes a heist series in the back half by far. Like mm-hmm. it really does. It's like Ocean's Eleven of racing kind of mm. in a lot of ways. Um, but like comparing it to the Force Be With You, the Force Be With You is like an iconic line that represents like most of the mentality of everything that's important in the entire series. While this line has become famous, but in the same way that the series has become famous yeah. for being self-aware and silly, like. Mm. In a great way, like that. I will say this is not the last that you've heard of the line. Yeah, yeah. There will at least be another reference. Yeah, to that, that's right. why I wanted to know because may the force be with you is in yeah. every single Star Wars movie. I wondered if this was kind of you know something that we have to throw in there for the fans. Yeah, it it's yeah it gets referenced again. Okay, but not as heavily as as you would think. Cool. And uh, that night, Brian and Mia are on their date. Brian asks how the gang all got to know each other. Uh, which I thought was funny. Uh, Brian says, Mia says they're not a gang, they're a team. Right. Which is very interesting, I thought, just knowing where the series goes. But it's also very a very sisterly thing to say. It is well, a they're not, they're thing. not a gang, yeah. they're a team. That's they're totally buddies, true. You know? Uh, she says that Vince and Dom grew up together. Letty lived down the street but was always into cars. And uh, apparently Jesse and Leon just showed up at some point, never left, which, fair enough. Yeah, we've, we all know people like that in our lives. Totally, totally. We're like, why the fuck is Carter here? You know? And, uh, and right around there is when uh, we end our 15 minutes, right in the middle of Mia's day. Well, you know, and, and she does say, in, in perfect 15 minute, you know, at 15 minute mark, do you want to go for a ride? And it cuts to the next scene. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, so Vince has known Dom their entire lives. That brings a way deeper. Uh, stratosphere i guess not stratosphere is not the right word but it brings deeper meaning to their their fighting right now because like vince is like you're not fucking listening to what i'm saying this dude's a cop and dom isn't hearing it 
You know, so you, you question Dom's. Which I, I, I question what is it exactly that is tipping Vince off? Because I feel like part of it is just the fact that he's Mia. jealous. Yeah, he's in love like, with Mia. Like, does he have any actual concrete evidence of, like, I really do think he's a cop? I mean, I guess because the cop showed up during the first race. Well, he does He does say in that in that section, they showed up and they were. it was almost like they were in formation. Like, they knew what they, knew what they were doing when they showed up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an act. Like, they were waiting to come in. Yeah, but I think it's so. mostly motivated by jealousy. Sure, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Cool. He's yeah. He's like he's like a total d bag. That character, like he's like a classic d bag. Like you classic know, classic like d bag. Yeah, but has weird moments. Like we were talking last time, and you've watched the movie recently. Is like he thinks he has a shot with Mia in that right, scene right. where they're drunk, and like he's totally like, yeah. oh my god, I got a shot, and then she like shits on him. So you feel bad for the guy too. You're also like the age though. Like I, I don't know. You said he's supposed to be 23 in the movie. These the characters are all incredibly young, right. like some 24 year old. Because 20- they have a close up on his fake ID, and it says 23. Some like drunk, like 24, 25 year old, like might think he has a shot with a 21 year old. Like that's you know what I mean. Like <laughs> yeah. in a, in a who knows what kind of a way. It's not like when you're 25, you meet a 21 year old, you marry that girl. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Usually, yeah, for sure. But I guess like he's he grew up with Mia. Maybe it's a long yeah right 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 right. right. Like yeah yeah. She is adorable in that first movie. Absolutely. She is. Yeah. So. Well, I'd like to thank Ben for, for hanging out with us and, and chatting about Fast and Furious for an, in, an inordinate amount of time and an inordinate amount of detail. Yeah, like, Ben, what do you, what do you take out of this first movie? Like, what's, what's, what, what do you think when you're talking to the people who are listening to this show, like, what they should be taking out of this first movie? Um, I think the thing to take out of this first movie is, is that, like, some franchises live and die by the first film in the series. Like the first film in the series defines what it's all about. Um, I think what's really interesting about this movie is that there's a general consensus that the second half of the series feels so, so distinctly different than the first. And truthfully, this isn't the best movie in the series. In a lot of ways, even the campy stuff about this movie is not as good as the campy stuff later in the series. So I think what's most interesting about this movie is just sort of, it's a moment in time. There's so many things about this movie that are representative of 2001. If I remember correctly, oh, yeah. Ja Rule has a role in this film. Oh, yeah. There was a swath of, of rappers turned actors right at this moment. There was just the culture of this, the souped mm-hmm. up cars, souped up Hondas. The like, soundtrack. The colors. The colors, yeah, yeah, the soundtrack. Like So much of this movie, and, and also... Every generation has its like corny movies made for teens. Like it's not like mm-hmm. that's fresh or new. It's, it's always that way. The eighties, the nineties, two thousands. But something about this was the last era of film before we got firmly into Redbox generation, and now we are yeah. firmly into streaming generation. Films like this, if, if a movie like this with stars like this was to get made today, there's a good shot that it doesn't open theatrically. It has to have. Like, the, these guys were not famous enough for this movie to get a theatrical release sure. by today's mm-hmm. standards. Not even close. I, I, I had lunch with a friend of mine recently who was just uh, John Sheck. He just starred alongside uh, Frank Grillo and Bruce Willis in Reprisal. came out last week. Mm-hmm. And I was asking him about Reprisal. And it's like, Willis, it's Grillo. Like, Sheck's pretty famous. Why didn't that movie open theatrically? And he was like, because it costs $21 million to make the, the transition from streaming to theatrical. That's wow. that's the promotion that's required to get that film in theaters to promote it properly and to actually wow. get an audience. Twenty one million, which means like the movie probably costs six to make. Right. If you don't think that you can make thirty million dollars in a movie, you're not going to open it theatrically, and it's going to become a Netflix or a Hulu or whatever movie, and then maybe nobody ever watches it. Because that's what's killing mid budget films. Is yes. That, yeah, that's yep. a shame. That's what this was at the time. Rob mm-hmm. Cohen had made. He, he was famous at the time because he had made Dragon, he had made Daylight, and he had made Dragon Heart. 
Uh, he he wasn't really like an A-list director yet, so he had made some money with his movies. You know, Dom. You know, Dom had been obviously in Saving Private Ryan, but aside from that, Boiler Room Strays, he wasn't a star. Sure. Most of the people in this movie were kind of B-list at best. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the most interesting things to look at is that the uh, the effect and impact of this movie has as much to do with the fact that it could get a theatrical release and people could see it. Because it's just, you know, it's not that good of a movie. It's a super sweet movie, but it's not mm-hmm. like a classic. Sure. In a classic, when I use the, you know, the quotes, classic Absolutely. sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that it's interesting, too, just like looking at the rest of the series, how much this movie is just the foundation of everything that happens later. Like, there's yeah. so much, even though they didn't intend for it to be such a, a setup for the, for the rest of what happens later on. Yeah, yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Well, Ben, thanks for coming in, man. Thank we really you appreciate you having having you on. And thank uh, you so thank much you for so having much. me on. I yeah. really appreciate it. This has been a blast. You cool. know, uh, I love I love talking action movies. So. We'll definitely Absolutely. have you in uh, for the next movie. You know, thank we'll, you. Uh, appreciate we'll have it. You come back and we'll we'll talk. I, I, we'll talk I still Tyrese. haven't seen part two, so I've never I seen no too idea. fast. It's the only oh, one I've never seen. So, okay, so it's the only one I've never So yeah, so this is going to be interesting. We're going to have three people who haven't seen the movie at various points during the next round of film or uh, round of podcast episodes who voms first you know right on <laughs> and where can people find you Ben do you want uh, to plug anything yeah you guys can find me on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media all social media platforms really um, as you mentioned the movie trivia schmodown action movie anatomy is the best place though uh, we do a show every single week on Thursday streaming at 2pm on the popcorn talk network on YouTube you can also find action movie anatomy as a, an audio podcast it's uh, we have 180 episodes and I honestly if you, if you have an action movie you love we've probably covered it on the show kill so. and kill again We've never done that one. Okay, kill okay. and kill again. Yeah, okay. Never heard your of it. homework now. There you go. It's great. <laughs> that's a it's a it's a kung fu uh, Bruce Lee kung fu knockoff oh, wow. movie from the late. Yeah, 70s, and all the martial 80s. artists are Caucasian, which is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a, that's like the search. They wear like headbands. White. <laughs> they wear headbands in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Anthony, right. anything uh, you want to want to mention? Yeah, I want to ask uh, Ben if he's done Jim Cotta. No, you guys are mentioning like some pretty obscure stuff. We 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 we've mostly covered like A-list and bad A-list movies. Like we've covered even like the remake of The Mechanic. We've covered like horrible movies, but we don't usually cover the really obscure. Though we did we did just do Thirteen Assassins. I love that movie, which I figured you'd love. God, yeah. I love that movie. Movie's sweet. The movie's amazing. Well, I clearly yeah. need to catch up with uh, action movie anatomy. Action movie anatomy. There you go. Action movie. Zzz. I clearly uh, <laughs> need to catch up with action movie anatomy. Oh, but yeah, you'll love your it. Question, you can find me on Twitter at This Game Cheats. Awesome. Vito? And you can find me on Twitter at Vito Lapicola, although I never really tweet, but it's V-I-T-O-L-A-P-I-C-C-O-L-A. I'm the same way. You can find me at Zach for real, R-E-E-L, on Twitter. I don't tweet much, but we'd love to hear from you anyway. Yeah, we, we're not tweeters. Ben, Ben's the tweeter, I think, of the group. That's right. Tweeter. Yeah. The show is at uh, SoFastPodcast.com. Uh, on Twitter and SoFastPodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Don't Thanks forget again. to give us like five uh, five star review if you love the show on uh, iTunes so we can go up in the rankings. That and helps a lot. More people can find us. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. See you, everybody.